0: Tonight's scripture reading can be found in 1 John chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. Again, 1 John chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for your sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Good evening. I uh, appreciate Gary's comment that I grew up here in Katy, because it implies that I finished growing up. Uh, and that's, that's, a good, that's a good compliment that I really needed. Um, I'm always thankful to be here. I'm glad to be back, even if it's not for very long. Uh, I've really enjoyed my time at school. And I said that last time, but now I'm almost done. So that means I know more about that it was a good time. Uh, and you should trust me more. Um, I appreciate the opportunity I'm always thankful for your support. I've been praying for all of you, especially this year since it's been rough, and I'm thankful that you've continued to be my family and my friends throughout all of this. So thank you all. Uh, One of the most misused terms that I've heard in Christianity has got to be fellowship. Uh, More often than not, fellowship ends up being this word that we use for any sort of social event or social gathering, and that's not really what the Bible means when it uses the word fellowship. Uh, When we look at fellowship in the Bible, or fellowship among the saints, what that's talking about, instead of us uh, gathering in the same room and eating a meal together, is rather the shared vertical relationship that we all have with God. I have a relationship with God, and you have a relationship with God, which means that you and I both share the same relationship with God, and that is our fellowship. If somebody outside the church does not have a vertical relationship with God the same way that I do, I do not have fellowship with them. So if I go and get lunch and I hang out with people, I'm having a social gathering with them. But if they're not members of the church, then I do not have any fellowship with them. And that's something that's really important for us to understand. And even more important for us to understand is how we have fellowship with God, that vertical relationship that I talked about that we all share. If we don't have fellowship with God, then we don't have eternal life. Fellowship with God is what gives us access to the blood of Jesus and ultimately saves us from our sins. So what we're going to be looking at tonight is talking about what fellowship with God is and how we have it. Now, if you use the commonly used word for fellowship, ...to understand fellowship with God, you might think that it means that you go to a potluck with God... ...and you bring lasagna and God brings loaves and fish. And that's not necessarily true. Fellowship with God has more to do with having faith in the truth of His Son. Faith in the truth of the Son is the way that we have fellowship with God. And fellowship with God is eternal life. And what I mean by that is death is spiritual... ...or sin is spiritual death, rather... And the opposite of spiritual death would be spiritual life. So the only way to get away from sin and escape spiritual death is death is to have a fellowship with God. With fellowship with God we have eternal life because we have escaped spiritual death which is sin. So, obviously, it's very important that we have a fellowship with God. It's very important that we have this relationship because it's important that we get away from our sin, that we have freedom from it, and then we have access to salvation and we can go to heaven. So, how do we have fellowship with God? We have to have faith in the truth of the Son. Faith in the truth of the Son is the way that we have fellowship with God. If you would please turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, verses 1-13. through That's going to be the passage that we look at. Uh, the, if the Christian is going to have eternal life, that is, fellowship with the Father, he has to have it through the Son. And the way that we have a relationship with the Son is we have faith in the Son, and that's what we're going to be looking at first. So in 1 John chapter 5, verses 1-5, through 5, it starts by saying, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of Him. So the faith that we have to have in order to have a relationship with God, and in order to have fellowship with God, first, of course, is that we believe that Jesus is the Christ. We believe that Jesus is the Messiah. If you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is the Messiah, then ultimately your faith doesn't really do anything for you. I see lots and lots of people, especially recently, who will post all kinds of things about how Jesus was XYZ political flavor of the month person. He is this person that agrees with my politics, with my, stance on the, with my stance on these social issues. And that's not at all the point. Everybody's so quick to pin all these different labels on Jesus, but none of them are Son of God. And none of those labels matter except that He is the Son of God. If anybody is going to come to you and tell you what Jesus is about, but it doesn't begin and end with Jesus is God's Son who came to earth and died for your sins, then it does not matter. Because that's the only thing about Jesus that matters, and it's the thing about Jesus that we have faith in that saves us from our sins. Anything else that they tell you, anything else that they're bringing forward to you is simply irrelevant, because those are the things that matter. And that's what we have to have faith in. And if Jesus is not the Son of God... If we ignore this factor then we ignore what makes His sacrifice valuable. If Jesus is just a regular guy, maybe a nice guy, who came to earth 2,000 years ago and died then He doesn't save us from our sins. And we have no reason to be here at all. If Jesus is not the Son of God then we don't have eternal life through fellowship with the Father because we have no access to the Father. Because we're still covered by sin and we're still spiritually dead. But because Jesus is the Son of God, we have access to the Father through our fellowship with Him, and we have eternal life in our fellowship with God. Next it says that faith loves. So first, faith believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and then faith loves. Faith loves the Father, first of all, as we see in verse 1. Obviously, if we're going to have fellowship with God, any relationship that we have with God means that we're going to love the Father. The Father loves us and we love Him back. That's the fellowship that we have with Him. But also loves the children of the Father, which is the fellowship of the saints. I love God, you love God, I love you and you love me. That's the relationship. We love the saints and we love people trying to keep God's commandments because we love God and we love the children of God. That's part of our faith. I'm faithful, and I'm faithful to love my Christian brethren. Uh, Faith also obeys, verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. If I love God, and I have faith that what God says to me is true, I have faith in the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, I have faith that the Bible is God's truth, and that it's something that I need to follow, then I'm going to obey and keep the commandments. If you simply believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and that doesn't prompt you to any sort of action, do you really believe that he actually is God's Son? Do you really believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins if, hearing, if saying that Jesus died on the cross for your sins doesn't prompt you to baptism, doesn't prompt you to obedience, doesn't prompt you to live a faithful Christian life? You don't believe that because, of course, if you do believe that and you don't act upon it, then you're getting nothing from it. There's no way that you can have access to the blood of Christ without baptism. So, if you're going to be faithful, you're going to be obedient. And this is why John writes that his commandments are not burdensome. If you're faithful and you really understand the value of obeying what God has given you to do in your life, then all of the things that he's told you to do are easy. And this is kind of a hard thing to understand in the moment when you have to make a hard decision or you might suffer some sort of persecution for obeying God. But if you look at it from the long perspective, from the eternal perspective, which John mentioned a little bit in his sermon this morning, and you really have a grasp on what it means to be obedient and what you get from being obedient, then you understand that your faith prompting you to obedience is natural. It's right for you to obey God because it's how you have fellowship with Him. You have a relationship with God, and part of that relationship is keeping His commandments. Faith obeys. And then lastly, faith overcomes, verses 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? We sing the song, Faith is the Victory, and we talk about faith that overcomes the world. How does faith overcome the world? Well, when John writes about the world, he's talking about worldly influence, the influence of the devil, the temptation of sin, sin itself, the influence of society and the things that are going on around you. And the way that faith triumphs over that is because you have faith, because you have fellowship with the Father, because you have access to the forgiveness of sin, none of those things can separate you from God. If you have sin that's still staining you, and you have sin and you are spiritually dead, then you are not in fellowship with the Father. But as long as you have that relationship with God, as long as you're being obedient, loving Him and the brethren, and you're believing the things that you need to believe, then God is forgiving you. And the world and sin and the things around you have no power to separate you from God as long as you maintain your relationship with Him. As long as I'm faithful to God and I'm doing the things that He wants me to do and I'm living a faithful Christian life, there is nothing in this world that can separate me from Him. And there's nothing out of this world that can separate me from Him because I'm sticking with God and because I'm maintaining fellowship with Him. Faith overcomes. So, like I said, in order to have fellowship with God, you must have faith in the truth of the Son. So, let's look at that truth. What is the truth of the Son? And we look at that in verses 6 through 10 of 1 John chapter 5. So starting in verse 6, it says, "'This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, "'not with water only, but with water and with blood. "'It is the Spirit who testifies, "'because the Spirit is the truth. "'For there are three that testify, "'the Spirit and the water and the blood, "'and the three are in agreement.'" So we have to have faith in order to have fellowship with God. And faith prompts us to believe but if we have faith in something that isn't true and we don't understand what it is that we're having faith in then that faith is ultimately meaningless it's not really helping me to have faith in a a version of jesus that does not exist a version of jesus that is not god's son i have to have faith in the truth of the gospel so when john was writing this letter obviously when we look at a letter written in the bible we're kind of reading someone else's mail uh, when we read First John, John is addressing the problem of false teachers who were coming and teaching that Jesus came as some kind of like spirit ghost, and he didn't really come as a man, or that Jesus, and there were many false teachers that were saying that Jesus came and was not a Son of God. Uh, there are many religions today that believe in Jesus, but they believe that he was just a really good person or that he was a prophet. Uh, And John deals with this discussion here in these verses. So first he says that Jesus is testified by water and by blood. Uh, If you would turn with me to John 19.34 really quickly, we'll take a look at what it is that John is actually saying by water and the blood there. So John, when he wrote John, was present at Jesus' crucifixion. And when Jesus died, after he had died, a Roman soldier comes up to Jesus and he pierces his side with a spear. And it says in John 19.34 that immediately blood and water came out. In verse 35, and he who has seen has testified and his testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may also believe. What John is saying here and what John is proving in this is that Jesus was flesh and blood. When Jesus was hanging on the cross and he was pierced in the side with a spear, blood and water comes out. Which means, first of all, that Jesus is dead. Uh, Blood and water coming out of a body means that it is dead. If he wasn't dead yet, he would only bleed. But because blood and water came out, that means that he was a man because he had blood and they could touch him and they pierced him and that he died. So that means that Jesus came to earth, lived as a man, and died. And then the second thing that is proven here is that, or that John mentions, is that the Spirit testifies about the truth of Jesus. Now, the Spirit testifying about the truth of Jesus refers to the apostles, the prophets, people that write in the Word, uh, people that write the Bible and talk about Jesus coming to earth. We know that Jesus was a real person because we read it here in the Bible. We have four accounts of Jesus' life in the Gospels written by four different people explaining that Jesus was a real person. We know from historical evidence that Jesus was a real person. Jesus was a man that came to earth. We know for certain that he is a real person. And then Jesus is testified by God in verses 9 and 10. If the Bible is true, and it is, and we understand that Jesus was a real person, then we also know that we should trust God when He testifies that Jesus is His Son. God testified that Jesus is His Son in John 5:35 and 37, and in Matthew 3:17. In Matthew 3:17, if you remember, uh, Jesus is being baptized. He comes up out of the water, and the spirit descends like a dove, and a voice comes from heaven that says, "This is my son with whom I am well pleased." If God says that Jesus is His Son, and God testifies that Jesus is His Son, then we should believe it. So, the truth that we have faith in, the faith in the truth of the Son, the truth of the Son is that He is a man that came to earth, and that He is the Son of God, and that He died for our sins. Jesus was fully man, and He was fully God. Jesus came to earth, and He is the Son of God. And that's what we have to have truth in. So what John does here is John definitively answers the false teaching that Jesus didn't come in human form, and he answers the proof with proof that Jesus is the Son of God. And then believing God, when he accounts that Jesus is his Son, is fellowship with God. And believing God uh, and not believing God would make him a liar, which is what John writes in verse 10. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. If you don't believe that Jesus is the son of God, then there's no way that you can have fellowship with God. God himself has come down and said, this is my son. So if you disagree with God and you don't believe that testimony, then you make God a liar. And making God a liar is no way to have fellowship with him. So in order to have fellowship with God, to have a relationship with God, we have to believe the truth that Jesus is his son. And then this testimony is the foundational truth on which we have faith. Jesus as a good person does not save us. Jesus as some spirit ghost, not man. You know, Jesus as somebody who he says he is not. Uh, doesn't save us. If Jesus lied and wasn't the person that he said he was then there's no way that we can go to heaven on his word. There's no way that what he said that we can trust who he is or that his sacrifice is real because of course if Jesus lied to us he didn't live a perfect life and he could not be the son of God. So Jesus is the son of God which means he is necessarily perfect and Jesus came and lived a human life. So we have to have faith in the truth of the Son in order to have a relationship with God. So what does it mean that we have faith in the truth of the Son? We have to have our relationship God through, with God through our relationship that we have with Jesus. We're connected to God through Jesus who is our mediator. And that's what John covers in the last couple of verses here, verses 11 through 13. So starting in verse 11, and the testimony is this that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. So, God does not want us to be dead to sin. God has given us eternal life. God wants to have fellowship with us, and He wants to have a relationship with us, in spite of the fact that we are all sinful people, in, spite, in spite of the fact that without Him, we are all spiritually dead. So, God sends His Son, the perfect solution to the problem that we have of spiritual death, in order to give us eternal life. The truth that Jesus is the Son of God, come in the flesh, is the truth that God made a sacrifice so that we might live with Him. Relationship with God, fellowship with God, is eternal life because Jesus came. In verse 12, if we have the Son, we have life. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. Without a relationship with God, we, or without a relationship with the Son, rather, without having the Son, we do not have a relationship with God. There's no way to have fellowship with God without having it through the Son, which is what it's saying here. And then believing in the Son is to have eternal life. Verse 13, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. If we believe in the Son, we have faith in the truth of the Son, we have fellowship with God. And if we have fellowship with God, then we have salvation from our sins. We have eternal life because we are not spiritually dead. And then we have hope of heaven and eternity with God. All of these things are absolutely foundational to what we believe. And it might be a little bit redundant to say that the reason we're here is so that we can have a good relationship with God, but we can't forget that this is not just an important social club here. I don't come here to hang out with all of you because I just like you, though I do but I come here because I love all of you and because we all have a relationship with God that we're all trying to maintain together. We're all working through our way in life together and trying to have a good relationship with God because that's the most important thing that we can have. Fellowship with God is eternal life, and I want every single one of you to maintain that relationship with Him, and I hope that every single one of you wants all of you and me to have that relationship with, as well. Fellowship with God is the most important thing for any person to have. And how we respond to the truth of the Son, whether we respond in faith or not, is the most important decision that we can make in our lives. If today you haven't responded in faith to the truth of the Son, you haven't been baptized and added to the church, and you haven't become part of the, the fellowship of the saints that we have here through our relationship with God, then today is a great day for you to fix that. Today is a great day for you to be baptized and be washed of your sins and start that fellowship with God and begin your eternal life free from the death of sin. But if today you have been baptized and you still have a problem with sin, maybe you've fallen out of your relationship with God and you need to make it right. If you have any need today, whatever it is, please come now as together we stand and as we sing.